0: Fantastic world of hannah and barbera a celebration of bill hannah joe barbera and the thousands of people past and present who have shared in their entertainment tradition and now your host greg airbar thank you chris anthony welcome to our show i want to start by introducing george feltenstein with a steve martin quote In one of his concerts, he said, I wish to thank every one of you in the audience, anyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Whenever I go to my shelves of DVDs or Rhino CDs with all the MGM stuff on it and Warner stuff on it, I feel like I should just go to each one and go, Thank you, George. Thank you, George. Thank you, George. Thank you, George. <laughs> because he's made so much available to those of us. And first of all, I want to welcome you to our... Thank you. And I also want you to tell everyone what your title is so you get it right instead of me messing it.
1: I am now the Warner Brothers Discovery Library Historian, which is a very unique title, but it basically is a way to encapsulate the fact that I really have two jobs. I'm still overseeing the Warner Archive and I'm involved in home entertainment, content sales. Content sales is a new division that used to be home entertainment Mm. and television distribution. Now it's content sales. So that's half my job. And the other half of my job is being in corporate legal and researching rights and copyrights and all sorts of fun stuff like that. But Thank you for the lovely words that you said. And the thing that you said that I can explain is I am one of the people. I am a voracious, avid consumer of these things. And I know what I would want. And ever since I got into the home video business in its early days, I've tried to be able to bring profitability to the shareholders of the corporation and product that people will want to own and have on their shelves. And that is still the goal. And I'm as passionate and dedicated to it as I've ever been, even more so, I think, now than ever, because there's so much opportunity. You've proven the offset thing in meetings of Who would want this?
0: Or, oh, of course, you know what that is. You've proven that not only are there lots of people who do, but that it is good business sense to mine your archives and your assets and your content.
1: It requires more effort, it also requires knowledge. And it is sad that a lot of people in positions to make those decisions. They might as well be trading pork bellies and other commodities. Mm -hmm. They do not know what these works. I don't want to even call them assets Mm -hmm. or properties. That diminishes (laughs) their works of creativity, whether they be a television program, live action or animated, a feature, live action or animated. All of these things are important that they be carried over for another generation When I started watching Warner Brothers cartoons on television as a very little child, I knew that those were made for theaters and my parents saw them when they were a child. Mm -hmm. So I had that perspective, but I wanted to learn all about that. And the fact that those films still provide a timeless source of entertainment, as do other works from other artists. We need to make sure that is still available and accessible. And what is particularly concerning at this point in time is because of the rush to digital and streaming, people are forgetting there is an opportunity to feed the hungry collector who wants the tactile experience of holding something in their hand and being able to have it on their shelf. And one doesn't have to be at the expense of the other. Exactly. I think that's where you can have streaming channels dedicated to all of this specialized content. You can have a big service that has, you have to give them a way to find things, but that can have all that there, but give the consumer the opportunity to own. And what it also reminds me of is when I was very little, and Greg, you may have had this experience as well. My dad would take me into the camera department in a department store and buy a little eight millimeter, 50 foot of the Flintstones, you yeah, know, eight millimeter silent projector. Yeah. And I was hooked and it was like, why can't we have the whole thing? Why can't we have sound? You know, we were poor, so there was no way we were going to have sound. But even if you did have a lot of money, people weren't allowed to own. programs. You know, with rare exception, there were certain things made available to the home market for purchase. The Hal Roach films is an example, but it was minuscule. Home video really provided the first opportunity for people to legally own and collect and have on their shelves physical media. This is the battle that we, the lovers of physical media, are facing now When everybody wanted to go for what they thought was the quick buck of streaming, they have now learned the hard way that it isn't a quick buck. So people are working hard to reimagine what is the best way. Here at Warner Brothers Discovery, we have support for physical media and we have support for streaming and we have support for linear broadcast channels. The company's preservation and remastering activities funnel all of that content in breathtakingly new, wonderful quality for us to make discs, for it to be broadcast on the company's channels, to be on the streaming service that the company has. That's what's happening at Warner Brothers Discovery. And that's why I'm very grateful for our new owners because at and did us no favors. And Discovery's trying to clean up the mess. And I think they're doing the best job that they can under very, very difficult circumstances. And I applaud our leadership, and I have confidence in them. And the proof is in the pudding for Warner Archive. Last year we released, in 2022, we had 22 releases. And in 2023, we had 62 releases. Mm So we're hoping that that continues. And that kind of segues to... Why we're here to celebrate the Hanna-Barbera Superstars 10. Yes. I'm so glad to talk to you about it. Can
0: we address what you've just said about Warner Discovery? Because the internet and social media is notorious for people going sometimes into a tangent and information being distributed that is sort of taken and run with that isn't the whole story And the recent Warner Discovery has gotten a rap for certain things. But what I've also noticed is how the management has embraced TCM and how they've had celebrations. The hosts are very excited about where it's going. You've got Scorsese and Spielberg and Paul Thomas Anderson willing to support it. That, I think, leads to the fact that, like you said, there has to be a balance it's just like the A movies the studios would make, the prestige pictures, and then the pot boilers to keep the studio running. You got to have right. new content. And that's great. New content. That's what keeps everybody working. And that's what keeps things fresh. But there's nothing wrong with having, have, seeing where it all came from with the earlier stuff.
1: Exactly. And to that point, if you put, even though they were made for adults as well as children, if you put a young three or four year old in front of the TV and they're watching an episode of the Flintstones, that'll be the same reaction from them. I believe as I had at that age when it was first on television and I fell in love with the show and I still like it very much. And I know a couple of million people feel the same way. That is timeless. When you create entertainment that is instantaneously going to resonate and the fact that we'll be talking about this in a moment but scooby-doo has been an active character for over 50 years with productions Mm -hmm. that's really outstanding so you look at all of what these people did and we're having kind of a sub focus today on hanna-barbera but I have all these other tributaries that I pay attention to and that are important to me and not necessarily a reflection of personal like and dislike or taste. I know what the people want. The people may not want the same things I like, but if I know people want it, then I will fight like hell to make sure that they get what they want. If it can be done profitably for the company and to your good point, yes, Warner Brothers Discovery Management has buckled down and supported TCM in a way that really is unprecedented. I was at an event a week ago, Friday, to celebrate the 30th birthday of the channel, which will be in April. Mr. Spielberg was there, and PT Anderson was there, and our CEO was there, all the TCM hosts were there. And my good friend, Charlie Tabish, who's been the head of programming there for, I'd say, 23, maybe 24 years, had the good fortune of doing many co-productions as an executive producer with TCM in prior years. To see the support for the channel is thrilling to me because now we have everybody in all the divisions working with each other and talking to each other. And I think there's going to be a great, bright future for the library as well as for new productions. And to that point, we have an annual preservation budget at this company, and it wasn't cut. It was raised this year. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So that tells you... See, no one... That's not a juicy story for The Hollywood Reporter to, you know, spew venom against any one individual or company, But the good news is not what's hot that's going to get people excited, except people like us that care about those things. But it's very easy to throw somebody under the bus. And I think it's high time we eliminate the negative and accentuate the positive. Yeah, that's what we want
0: to do here. (laughs) There's Anna Barbera stuff it's a long history and you have generations that will say Hong Kong Fooey was my favorite show. It was the best cartoon ever made. And then they'll say droopy master detective was the greatest show ever made. And, you know, it has a lot to do with where they were as kids, but there is something wonderful and purely entertaining about that. And one of the things that comes up often in our discussions with writers and various artists is, the fact that Hanna-Barbera could produce such memorable and entertaining shows with network consultation, with sponsors, with pressure groups. And then you look at those shows and it's like, and they're this good? They're, right. they're fun? So I'm telling you, I, it's years and years and years. It goes far beyond the first several years and goes well into the 70s and 80s. And the fact that Bill Hanna and Joe Barbera were directly involved
1: with the series right up until they passed. Yep, absolutely. You know, despite the fact that they were no longer the owners of the company, as long as they were there, they came into the office every day until their health turned a different direction. I never got to meet either one of them. But during my uh, early tenure at, at MGM, when I was releasing the Tom and Jerry cartoons on video cassette and Laserdisc, I sent them... Over to the Hanna Barbera offices on Coenga, I sent to Mr. Hanna and Mr. Barbera a little gift package of Tom and Jerry. And I got a call from Mr. Hanna's secretary saying how touched and pleased they were. She said, Mr. Hanna asked me to ask you what your favorite Hanna Barbera character is because they'd like to send you an autographed cell. And I said, I'll get back to you on that because it's hard to pick one. Hmm. Like, am I going to pick Huckleberry Hound or am I going to pick the Flintstones? Uh, I'll let you know. And the next day, two cells showed up. One of the Flintstones and one of Huckleberry Hound, both signed by Mr. Hanna and Mr. Barbera. And I treasure those. Although I never got to meet them I joined Time Warner just as Turner Entertainment had been purchased by Time Warner. Mm -hmm. And I worked for a wonderful gentleman named Roger Mayer, who is really the father of film preservation at MGM and ran the MGM library after Turner bought it and had to sell back the name. I worked for Roger for a couple of years as they were absorbing the Turner Library into Warner Brothers. And Roger would have lunch with Mr. Barbera once a month, and this continued right up until Mr. Barbera passed away. So I would hear stories about him and how excited he was to go to work every day. Yeah. It didn't change. And I think that's really crucial for anyone, regardless of what line of work they are in. If they're fortunate enough, as I am, to be so grateful and passionate about coming to work every day and seeing what can we do to make things better. That's a wonderful thing. And that's what both Mr. Hannah and Mr. Barbera had. They never looked back and they never felt, to my knowledge, I don't think they ever felt that there wasn't a positive future ahead they were always looking to the next thing. And my learning about the way Joe Barbera would sell things. (laughs) uh, It's fascinating that he was so talented as an artist, but so creative as a businessman, you know? How he would sell sometimes the
0: most convoluted thing, Casper and the Angels is usually the most famous story. You know, they had to combine three things to come up with the show. And then he would come back to the studio and between the story people and the artists and Bill Hanna, They'd make it
1: work and they'd make it work quite well because a lot of those shows were very successful on network. And they just kept reformulating the 60 minutes and the 90 minutes. And it's been part of my job on on a a very happy note to try to reconstruct all those original structures because they were so broken apart in subsequent years. And it must be really difficult to paste together what they were when they premiered and record keeping was terrible. So what I've used as a guide, I've often gone back to music cue sheets, which show the air date. And even that isn't always accurate, because sometimes it's from a rerun broadcast as opposed to an original broadcast. But we have airbooks, books, we have all these different pieces of memorandums and documents and binders, that's another where area where physical items are very important as opposed to computer files. Going back to a notebook that someone put together that listed the episode, the episode number, and what was the show order of that episode. And if we miss and we do it wrong, we'll find out about it on the internet from angry consumers who are very dedicated. We are really, really cautious And careful when we do that. I'm hoping that the future will lead us to opportunities to do that with a lot of things that haven't been available for a while. I can't really talk more about that, but that is the goal. And people who really understand the history of Hanna-Barbera will understand what I mean. And it is something we're making a priority, but it's a lot of work.
0: I just want to remind the listeners just the volume of Hanna-Barbera series that have come to either Warner Home Entertainment or Content or whatever, and especially to Warner Archive. It's an exhaustive list. Besides the Tom and Jerry Spotlight collections and the Blu-rays, there's Loopy-de-Loop, Huckleberry Hound Show Volume 1, uh, Yogi Bear Show, The Flintstones, which is also a great Blu-ray. Top Cat, Jetsons, Wally Gator, Lippy the Lion and Hardy Har Har, Johnny Quest, Magilla Gorilla, Peter Potamus. Hey there, it's Yogi Bear just on uh, Blu-ray. The Adam Ant Show, Secret Squirrel Show, Frankenstein Jr. and Impossibles, The Man Called Flintstone, Space Ghost and Dino Boy, Space Cadets and Young Samson, Birdman and the Galaxy Trio, Herculoid, Shazam, Moby Dick, and Mighty Tour, New Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, a favorite of mine, Wacky Races, Perils of Penelope, Pitstop, Dastardly and Muttley and The Flying Machine, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, the new Scooby-Doo movies, Where's Huddles, Josie and the Pussycats, Pebbles and Bam Bam Show, Help us the Hair Bear Bunch, Funky Phantom, Whether Your Father Gets Home, um, The Amazing Chan and the Chan Clan, Roman Holidays, Sea Life 2020, Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space, Speed Buggy, Bush Cassie, Sundance Kids, Yogi's Gang, Super Friends, Gooberna Ghost Chaser, Inch High Private Eye, Adam's Family, Hong Kong Fooey, Devlin, Valley of the Dinosaurs, Wheeler and Chopper Bunch, Korg 70,000 BC, The Scooby Doo Dynamite Hour, Clue Club, Jabberjaw, Laugh Olympics, Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels, Heidi's Song, the all-new Super Friends Hour, Challenge of the Super Friends, Casper and the Angels, Super Globetrotters, Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo, World's Greatest Super Friends, Drack Pack, Richie Rich, Space Stars, Quickie Koala Show, I love that show, uh, many Smurfs, uh, DVDs, Pac-Man, Shirt Tales, The Dukes, Monchee-Cheese, The Biscuits, Snorks, Challenge of the Gobots, Super Friends, The Legendary Power Show, Paws, Galtor, and The Golden Lance, 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, The New Adventures of Johnny Quest, The Flintstone Kids, Sky Commanders, Pup name Scooby-Doo, Completely Mental Misadventures of Ed Grimley, Paddington Bear, Tom and Jerry Kids, Pirates of Dark Water, The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, and the best of Warner Brothers, 25 Cartoon Collection, Hanna-Barbera. Ah, that's a lot.
1: (laughs) It is a lot. (laughs) And that is a reflection of the work of a great deal of people. And what we did with Warner Archive, which is going to turn 15 in March, which is pretty unbelievable, Warner Archive was the opportunity for me to step in and fill in all the holes as best as I could, at least on DVD, because my role here has been primarily theatrical catalog. Mm -hmm. Television content and family and animation content were handled by different marketing groups. Now, fortunately, on the animation side, the family and animation team would induct me into the planning stages for certain things specifically looney tunes it was i guess 7 years between the the release of the dvd format and the first dvd release of looney tunes because i was battling almost literally for an adult collector approach mm-hmm. whereas everybody in this group was like you know it's for moms and kids at walmart and i was saying you need to create one package that is for the adult collector that is going to kick uh derriere and you will create a reduced version of that for walmart that will be family priced and family oriented and that approach was extraordinarily successful And then that led to the Black platinum collections on Blu-ray. And now we've been able to continue the work low many years later with these Looney Tunes collector's choice releases on Blu-ray. Accordingly, I would make suggestions to the kids group about Hanna-Barbera programming, but there wasn't an interest to go and delve deeper. So in our early years, around 2010, 2011, we were making available all the series that had been neglected or passed by, and in certain cases, we actually remastered—not to the level of Blu-ray remastering—but we remastered things like Secret Squirrel and Adamant, and put all the shows back together as they were originally presented. Mm-hmm. And Peter Potamus with the Ideal Toy. You know, logo where it was supposed to be and the curtain call and yes. all the buffers and putting all those things. It's an enormous amount of work. And several of my teammates had baptism by fire doing that. But now what we have an opportunity to do is some of the things didn't come out correctly, which was not involved in Gorilla is an example. How could they not include the theme song on every episode? All the people who were responsible for that are no longer here, long gone. I have advised colleagues in the family entertainment group that McGillagorilla has to be with the theme song, which is like the most memorable (laughs) part of the show. (laughs) Yeah. So we did it for Peter Potamus. We, you know, and they came out as twins, you know, at the same time, both part of that ideal toy sponsorship. And that was the other thing I fought for was to be able to reinstate the Ideal Toys thing on Peter Potamus and get clearance on that. We did go to Sony to get the approval to be able to keep the Screen Gems credit on some of the things that we were releasing, like the Jetsons end titles. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, they understood we're at an era now where companies have product that was really distributed by another company and there needs to be permissions granted but it was like what we did with paramount mm-hmm. uh we went to paramount to get the paramount logo back on not only the popeye cartoons but even most recently on the 4k Willy wonka mm-hmm. it was a paramount release yes I even had to fight to get the original warner brothers logos put back on features because somebody who no longer works here just took it upon him or herself to put modern logos on the heads of older films from the 80s and 70s and i was like where did that come from (laughs) um so everybody's starting to get it cross company about having that happen Putting the Jetsons out and being able to use those original sponsor bumpers was like amazing. I had never seen scotch tape. It was just really, that's important to me, you know, that you see it as it was originally presented. You know, so I'm hoping that there will be future upgrades on other programs that will contain more original material as broadcast. And that is, it's, it's hugely rewarding.
0: I can understand what you go through because the, well, who's going to care kind of because I don't attitude is not correct because I'll get back to the same thing. It's just good business.
1: And, you know, the business is now changing dramatically. Unfortunately, shelf space for video product, physical video product in mass merchants is reducing it's not a secret that Best Buy has gotten rid of their home video department. I think Target is either reducing or eliminating. Walmart is still supporting it. But the point is, is that that customer that was buying the mass merchant store, that's not the Warner Archive customer.
0: Precisely. The
1: Warner Archive customer is a passionate, dedicated, educated fan of a particular group of content and in certain cases may be several different kinds. You can have somebody who really, really loves Humphrey Bogart and really, really loves Pawpaws. I'm just putting two things together, but one thing does not exclude the other. No. Our job is to do right by those consumers no. and fans, collectors, and to give them that wow factor it was like oh they really took the time to do this exactly i mean having to put together the 11 episodes of space stars was such a humongous task was it because everything had been split up because it started i would assume with world vision and the usa cartoon express and they just chopped everything up into segments and boomerang wanted segments and cartoon network wanted segments but nobody wanted the shows as they were originally created and originally meant to be seen. Yeah. So that's been our task is to reassemble and it gets really tricky when something was done for syndication because there is no specific air date. Yeah. Unless it was broadly syndicated. So everything is a learning experience. But we're still always finding things and I just think it's a very exciting time and that's why being able to bring the Superstars 10 out to Blu-ray and that kind of is 30 years into the organization of Hanna-Barbera, but they were embracing their past and present in creating these new things. And it was, I'm sure, Joe Barbera's idea to say, hey, let's spend a little money and make 10 movies for television. They didn't have to worry about prints and advertising. They, But they knew that they would have home video sales because VHS was already driving significant revenue. And Hanna-Barbera had their own video label
0: yes, they before
1: did. Turner bought Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. So all of this was beating the machine and in the meantime for these new blu-rays that are coming out we went back and remastered everything in hd and the impressive quality is really quite thrilling for people who really care about these characters and in many cases it was the last time you got to hear people like dawes butler and George O'Hanlon and, you know, Mel Blanc was the end of his life. I mean, they're all there for the most part. And uh, I think it really increases the importance of these as not just trifles, that they really put a lot of work into them. Well,
0: the nice thing about that set is because it puts them all together in one set it makes it very clear that this was one humongous enterprise that Barbera sold. Because uh, if I'm correct, Yogi's First Christmas premiered and the ratings were through the roof. It was syndicated. We watched it. Could not be more excited. Uh, it was a two-hour block. You had the original cast. You had Janet Waldo in a prime role for you know two hours of Janet Waldo right there. It did so well that he was able to go back and say and then go back to Bill Hennon and say, okay, we're going to make 97-minute movies. He's like, how? We'll do it. And they did it. The movies were always released separately, and that's why there's some confusion. Why isn't Yogi's First Christmases? Why isn't this one? Because these 10 were all made at, at breakneck speed, but they brought... The Flintstones and the Jetsons was the most famous one because it put them together. But then you've got... Top Cat and the Beverly Hills Cats, the only time that Hanna and Barbera did a revival of Top Cat, but most of the cast. Yeah. And Huckleberry Hound was... He's like their Mickey Mouse in a way that he never got to be the corporate icon, but Yogi surpassed him the way Donald surpassed Mickey. And Huck was such a funny... Sophisticated, sly, a little sarcastic character, and that feature really captures that early. It's got the Daltons in it, you know. And so each one of these features will be a revelation for those who haven't seen them, too. Uh, And then you mentioned the way they look. Uh, Why would I want a Blu ray of the Saturday morning style animation? Well, you know, take a good look at that Space Ghost or that Herculoids in Blu ray. The colors. These were people who were great art directors and great background artists, and they knew how to blend colors. You've never seen them this way. They're gorgeous.
1: Absolutely. And when we did, I guess the first that we did was Jetsons, where we went back and did a full, very expensive remaster, aiming for pristine, leaving, the way we approach animation is, If there was something on the cell when the film was completed, program was completed, we left that. We didn't touch cell dust. We didn't touch cell scratches. Those imperfections that are in the original photography, we left, but we cleaned all the film dirt, Mm -hmm. the film damage. And we treat every episode as its own film. And now, folks, please stay with us
0: for part two of this week's Fantastic World, when George Feltenstein talks about the ongoing efforts to bring even more Hanna-Barbera classics to DVD and Blu-ray.